0: Time. This is the Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Every game.
1: You're going to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, looks, toward the corner of the end zone. It is intercepted! Intercepted! the, duck's out
0: of the ball. Every story. And so we just continue to push and grind and go and take care of our guys. It's going to be built to last. The Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck owner Justin Hopkins. And Matt Bagley from 961 580, The Game. All right, beautiful day. I love that we don't have smoke yet.
1: Yeah, no, we get to enjoy the, the sunshine before the smoke. So we should get, what, like a month or we should get, it's usually July. I hope it's like, so. It's right after 4th of July, isn't it? That I hope we get a month. rolls in. Yeah, where are we at? We're almost to June. So if we could get June and some of July. Yeah, that would be nice. But it's
0: beautiful out there. Yeah. Just PSA, nobody, please, nobody set any fires. Right. That would be great. Right. Please, <laughs> we're asking. Uh, Matt Bagley, Justin Hopkins, another week on the Scoop Duck Pod. Recruiting is just intense right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just well, I mean, there's a there's a few things that go over, and I guess we should. Uh, one thing we, I want to mention here is uh, we won't be recording next week because I'll be in Mexico. And I'm not going to be recording from Mexico, so you'll get a break next week. Okay. Yeah. Little,
0: little siesta.
1: Little siesta for everybody. Yeah. But this week we're here, and I'm getting ready for Mexico. So there's that. But yeah, we've got recruiting. You know, obviously George Horton's out at baseball uh, for Oregon. You know, there's that to talk about a little bit. Um, the Broom McCoy usc texas back to texas who knows what he's doing today mm-hmm. so there's that saga going on we could talk about a little bit um uh khalid thomas makes his decision later today this evening so oregon could get a surge from a uh, a transfer nice uh you know he's down to oregon and asu so they got a 50 50 shot yeah so that could be good news for duck fans later today potentially mm-hmm. other than that yeah just kind of a here we are late may day and and uh yeah, I think the biggest thing is the you know the baseball news, I guess, just because it happened yesterday,
0: and it it leaves me torn because on one side, I know Coach Horton is. A fantastic human being. Of course. Uh, every beat writer that covered that team has has given a glowing story about him. Yeah. Even guys like Austin Meek yeah. that have been critical in the past, and you know the op-ed and the register guard, all that stuff. Even Austin Meek said, hey, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I just I, – I don't know why it didn't work, but it didn't work, and so I want to move on.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, think, uh, I think the way that Oregon – Handled this, and uh, I, I won't claim to have inside sources here, but I think the way it was probably phrased or handled was, you know, hey, Coach Horton, you've done so much for this program. We, uh, you know, we respect you, we appreciate you, but we want to move another direction, and gave him the opportunity to, you know, announce the news and and announce it as a mutual parting of ways, if you will, which I think is the. Um, the respectful way to do that but like you said great person i know uh he loves eugene his wife loves eugene you know supported the team a lot um you know didn't have players that got in trouble and stuff so there's a lot to be said about that but i just kind of wonder if maybe the game kind of caught up to him a little bit or maybe even passed him by um you know and, and i think maybe recruiting was a big part of that i think that was a huge part of that i, I don't think he was a poor recruiter. I just don't think he was ambitious as ambitious as he could have been mm-hmm. like we see Kelly Graves doing, like we see Dana Altman doing, like we see Mario Cristobal doing. You know, those guys are, are I mean, nonstop relentless. You know they're recruiting their butts off, you know, exploring transfer options, everything that comes. Heck, even, uh, you know, Melissa Lombardi seems to be that way just from what we've seen so far. Yeah. And I don't know that we saw that out of George Horton. At any point, again, he was able to bring in some talent along the way, but he was never really able to put together like a you know a full roster of talent. You know what I mean? Of 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 big time dudes, or even two thirds of big time dudes, and fill it in with a couple of you know utility guys or whatever the case might be. Um, and then there's the last thing I want to say. you know his style of baseball was boring. I mean, it just was. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it it'd be it'd be one thing if. You were losing games, but you were losing games ten to eight. You know, people would show up and watch those because it's fun. It's a lot of offense. It's kind of like comparing Chip Kelly's offense at Oregon to maybe what Oregon did this past season. You know, yeah, it's not as fun to watch, but maybe it's what needs to be done. Um, you know, again, just that style of baseball is a little bit harder to watch. Uh, maybe not quite as fun to watch. And uh, I, I don't know. Maybe his, pet, maybe his heart wasn't in it. You know, he's, he's up there. Maybe his heart just wasn't in it. The style of play is a really interesting point to me because
0: I'm with you. I, college baseball as a whole and and honestly just baseball at the lower levels yeah. is played in a way that is either your favorite thing in the world or you fucking hate it. Right. And and I think that is kind of the case here. I also wonder uh, with Coach Horton and, and this. I, I've brought this up on my show before. It's just kind of a, a point that I don't know if I'll ever find an answer to it, right. but I think about it a lot. He's a Southern California guy, had success at Cal State Fullerton, Yeah, contended nationally for decades. So he was used to recruiting SoCal guys. Yeah. You go to Eugene, and you can't pitch the beach, you can't pitch the babes, you can't pitch all the great Mexican food and all the fun right. down there, but you can still pitch Nike right you, you right. should have a better pitch than say oregon state and yet oregon state gets those cali guys and the ducks can't find them
1: yeah i think uh, maybe perhaps he underestimated i think along with what you're saying maybe he underestimated how hard it was going to be to start a new program because he obviously jumped on board you know when oregon said hey we're going to go ahead and 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 uh you know put together a baseball team have mm-hmm. baseball yeah and you know, I'm sure that's hard. You know, if you're at this point for Oregon State, you're able to pick who you want based off success that you've had in the last, you know, five. You know, winning cures all. We know that winning cures all. And you know, for George Horton, you just had a number of years where you kind of, you know, maybe competed a little bit, contended in the middle. You know, this season, I think uh, with the with if we went back to the beginning of the season, I mm-hmm. think the season ended where we expected it to yes yes but that first third of the year yeah that looked like a team that could reach the postseason yeah that's what changed i think that's what kind of changed everything is the fact that hey okay look maybe this team's not as bad as we all think it's going to be you know they're they're competing they're, they're playing some decent baseball you know maybe this team's a little better than than we thought and it turns out it, in the end it wasn't you know maybe it was that law of averages that caught up to them in the end but yeah you know they're just in my opinion, I. You know, a lot of lot of fans, a lot of people on Scoop Duck have posted for at least at least a year or two that maybe it's time to move on from Horton and I think, you know, you post another twenty seven and twenty-nine season. It's gonna be hard to get people in the stands at that point.
0: I also think culturally that angle has to be factored in of Every other organ program, e- even programs that we don't expect to be money makers, yeah. are bringing in attention and bringing in passion. Yeah. Women's basketball, I want to buy a Sabrina Unesco jersey, so do 20,000 other people. Men's basketball, to get to a Final Four two years ago. People care about them. People travel for them. All that deal. Football, we know Duck fans are intense. Sure. I mean, you make your living off of it, right? They're right. passionate. Softball, even. They're used to watching these games on national TV late in the year. Baseball, you're lucky if 100 people go to those games. Right. And and I think it's a, a real shame because baseball in Oregon, as a sport, we support our local kids. We support the Little League teams. Yeah, yep. Fans go out. American Legion ball. Uh, when I worked in Klamath Falls, Babe Ruth World Series, we had 4,000 people show up to the stadium. Yeah. And it wasn't even a game with an Oregon team in it. It was like we had an Alabama team. We had a California team. 4,000 people are showing up. Right. That's insane. People want to like baseball. They do. Yeah. We, we, have a, we love baseball in this state. And when Oregon State has a good team, they're going to sell out Goss. Yeah. It's almost inexcusable to me that the ducks can't put a product out there at PK Park that has the same feel.
1: Yeah, because, you know, like you and I said off air, you you have every everything at your disposal you have a phenomenal stadium a great i mean it's a great atmosphere fear when it's full yeah you know it's a it's a terrific park it's it, it's a great location um you know obviously if you're a coach there and you're recruiting to there you've got all the facilities and you know all the 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 uh the j and all the things that you need to be able to recruit there i'm not saying that oregon should have been able to just you know line out top 100 prospects across the board but uh, you know you fly them in and it's yeah. a really
0: impressive thing yeah yeah i think yeah. if
1: you've got a coach that's energetic and really you know uh, again uh, i mean again it's kind of a boring style of baseball they mm. played it's i mean that's a, I mean that's a big selling point if you're going to go back and look at george horton's last couple of years of work you know if you're a ball player and you think man i you know i don't, don't want to play the small ball i don't you know that's just not what i want to do i mean you got metal bats for crying out loud that's how ha- you get half the field just by having a metal bat really you're able to swing it, so um, no. I, 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 I again, just going back to it, not to rip on on Coach Horton because he did so many great things, but this needed to be done. I think it was the right thing to do, and I also think that it was handled pretty much to perfection. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I think that you had to give a long rope to a legend. Mm-hmm. They did that. Mm-hmm. You had to stick with him through the hard years. They did that, and now we've kind of reached the end of that yeah now moving forward and i know that i'm not plugged into the ins and outs of college baseball i I literally just cover the two teams in this state that's it and i I assume you're about the same way yes have you read any names on scoop duck that caught your eye is i like this guy
1: i'd be honest i wouldn't know the foggiest about any of them to be Completely truthful. So uh, yeah, you know, if I sat here and, and pretended like I read some names, which <laughs> I did read some names, but um, you know, to know whether that would be a, a great hire or not, I, I, I just don't feel I could knowledgeably say. Uh-huh. So um, I think we'll hear some, you know, obviously with this just happening yesterday, you and I talking, uh, you, you know, recording on a Wednesday happened on a Tuesday. Um, you know, I, I'll bet within the next week or so, we'll probably see two, three, four names surface pretty consistently through all the outlets, you mm-hmm. know, that that uh, might be getting serious consideration or, or uh, you know, really want the job or whatever. I, I think somebody's going to want this job. Yeah. I think that's the thing.
0: Oh, totally. And and I agree with you. It's not going to come out tomorrow. Right. But let's say Tuesday after the regionals have finished and we have 16 teams left, there's a lot of coaching candidates that now have some free time on their hands. Yeah. So all of those guys from some really good programs there's an opportunity there.
1: Yeah. You know, or you could do, yeah, you may end up having to do like what softball did and and poach an assistant and promote them or whatever the case might be. Um, You know, I don't know if that's something Oregon wants to do or needs to do, but again, here's the thing. It's still a relatively new program. It seems like it's been around forever and they've had, you know, they've had several years under their belt, but they've only had one coach, you know, since bringing baseball back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I think it's sort of a, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a, you know, difficult job to gauge, if you will. So, you know, will, does the candidate believe they can recruit to Oregon, win at Oregon? Obviously, that's what they're going to be looking at. Mm-hmm. I think they can, but it's going to take the right guy to, to realize yeah. the, you know, the, the strong points of Eugene, Oregon, and also wanting to try to compete with the Beavers, you know, 45 minutes away from you, who are, good and have been good and will continue to be good at baseball hearing you talk about this there's two
0: points that, that really pop in my mind one is this seems like it couldn't be any any further from the crystal ball situation of what mario thought he was stepping into with football yeah and then the other idea If there's any analogy in in the past of Oregon coaching hires, it's not going to be softball where you have a perennial power and you're looking for the next person to lead it. It's not going to be football. Same deal. Right. I don't think it's men's basketball because they have a history of success even before Dana Altman. Yep.
1: Kelly Graves really stepped into a, a a dire situation there with the women's program, and a bit of an un- unknown. Yeah. yeah, now everybody knows who Coach Graves is. But when he came to Oregon, it wasn't like, oh man, you know, Oregon got Coach Graves; they're about to be a you know perennial powerhouse. Yeah, wasn't the buzz at all. The casual fan didn't know that, right? No, and now you know everybody knows who he is, and everybody knows who Sabrina is, and uh, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I believe that. You know, this baseball program compares most to the women's basketball program, maybe just kind of where they're at, you know, apples to apples. So, again, you know, I I guess uh, at this moment, it's hard to argue with most of the moves that, that Rob Mullins has made. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, getting, you know, deciding on Coach Cristobal and, you know, upping his contract, you know, realizing that Dana Altman was the guy, Kelly Graves was the guy. Jury's still out on Melissa Lombardi, so we'll yeah. see there. But that's, that's the one wild card to me. Is it
0: is. I I thought that they did those girls a disservice.
1: Which way? By you know by not
0: by not retaining Coach White. By not retaining Coach White. By not consulting players on on the hiring process there and and. You know, really encouraging that exodus, but but that's yeah. we'll see. I don't think Coach Lombardi's great.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree that that Coach Lombardi's great, and there's no way we can sit here and say, yeah, she's going to smash it out of the park at some point, or hey, it's a bust. Yeah, you know, it's still a wait and see thing. Um, you know, I disagree on one point that I don't think you can really consult players uh, when making. I mean, it's just there's going to be too much emotion tied there, and they're not going to think about it clearly you know now certainly all those girls would have said we want coach white we you know and that's great that's Mm -hmm. great that he had that kind of support but you know it certainly sounds like this was not the first time that coach white you know asked for something you know it was always you know it was a new office and it was a a new he got pretty much everything he wanted and uh you know finally oregon kind of said hey look you know i mean you're here we've given you everything you want when when are you going to stop asking you know what i mean and, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I realize it's not a moneymaker, and I, I know right now it doesn't look great, but Texas offered him a lot of money, and I still think Oregon's going to be able to do a lot of good things by not having that big of a contract tied to their hip. So, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, certainly this year, it's it's tough comparison. It's hard to say it wasn't worth keeping him. It probably was, but I also think that's a short-term way of looking at it as well. I think I think long-term, Oregon's going to be fine. Hmm. I mean, yeah, they won under coach White, but they didn't win big. I mean, they, you know, same thing as it happened to Texas, you know, they get into the the regionals or, or wherever and, you know, get bumped. And it's great to have that much success and be, you know, and get there, but at the end of the day, if you're not progressing, you know, is that is that like the top? Is that because I mean, he had a pretty damn good team down in Texas too that he took over. Yeah. So No, that's fair. Know, that's fair. I don't know. I you know, if, again, just i don't care how successful softball is it's never going to make that university much money no or any money no you know and it's not to pick on softball i'm glad they have it i'm glad they support it i'm i'm glad to cover it um you know on my end of things that's not the knock I'm 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 merely talking financials yeah and you know unfortunately you can you know if you're rob mullins who is a bean counter probably almost by his own account um It's tough to allocate so much money to something that you don't get a return on. Yeah.
0: No, I I I get that. Football is always going to be king. Oops is going to help their fair share. Sure. I I just, with those spring sports, getting back to the, the, the main idea, we see what happens when the resources and the time are are poured into a program yeah. and that's the case with oregon state baseball yeah they pour in the resources they treat baseball at oregon state like their prestige sport yeah like like how the ducks treat football and they win national titles right and i think oregon can put the effort there yeah the bigger bigger staff better facilities you got the, the Nike backing. You got all the branding. You got Eugene.
1: Right. To me, there's no reason why they can't hit a home run with this hire. Yeah, obviously, it takes money to make money. At that, I mean, just like you said, you know, North Carolina pours in a ton of resources into basketball. Duke, the same thing, for a reason, for mm-hmm. for a very logical reason. You know, Texas for football. I mean, we can go down the list, and like you said, it does require significant uh financial backing to make all those things work but yeah i, I oregon can do it like you said, it's going to cost them money and uh you know unfort the hard part is going to be how much Kilkenny wants to throw at it again because really he's the kind of the linchpin the <laughs> one that you know really wanted baseball that's how this all came together so um yeah i can't imagine he at this point it's almost a protect your investment sort of a, a of a deal like hey you've already allocated so much money to that stadium and just to the program in general mm-hmm. you're gonna have to make a little bit more of a donation or or a you know a commitment here if you want to see it take the next level otherwise you've just spent a bunch of money almost for not if you will you know what i mean <laughs> for the minor league team yeah for the minor league team yeah so, <laughs> man we talked a long time about baseball i'm surprised yeah yeah but no it's good i mean here it is it's 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 May. There's no football. I mean, it is it is what it is. I just would love to see, like I I hear about
0: and, and I know your listeners are going to be p- pissed at this every time I bring it up. But like I always hear from Beaver fans how they love going to Goss. Sure. If you could build that culture at PK Park, yeah, where more than a hundred people are going to games and you're talking like off air, we were chatting and you get to have a beer, sit on the first baseline and just watch some baseball.
1: Yeah. And I think you can. Yeah. I think it was a boring brand of baseball. Nobody was excited to go watch that baseball team. Not only because they were mediocre, it wasn't fun. You know, Uh, again, like if, 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 if Oregon baseball was losing 12 to 10 or 12 to eight, on a nightly basis, people would still go and watch because it's a lot of. At least it's a lot of fun. Yeah, better than twenty eight seven. And you're not. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You're not invest. It's not a big investment. It, you know, financially. You know, if you've got a family and you've got kids and stuff, you start looking at like, okay, it's ten bucks a ticket. Cool, no problem. You know, that's that's. You know, it, you, you go to you know your football and you go to basketball sometimes and it's fifty dollars a ticket or more, whatever the case might be. Well, that's a huge expense. I don't think anybody was deterred from going to baseball because of the expense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not... A, and it's a great place to go. The kids can run around a little bit. So you have all those things. I think it was merely the product on the field. People didn't want to go watch the product on the field. And you can't blame them. All right. Now let's talk about something people do want to watch. Yeah. Or listen about. Yeah, listen to. This football team. Man. Yeah, it's football. It's football. Uh, you know, we obviously... You know, we went over the Chris Steele news. He tweeted this week that he's visiting. uh, What day is he visiting? I can't remember. He's visiting next week, I think. Sweet. Um, So, yeah, he's visiting. USC continuing to push for him uh, as hard as they possibly can. He has signed. He has signed with Oregon. But as we're seeing with Drew McCoy, that, you know, I guess that doesn't mean it (laughs) doesn't mean the end of the world, if you will. NLI can
0: be faxed in and compliance can dot the I's. But, yeah have you ever seen a situation like that brew mccoy
1: i I tell you what we are front and center and i've i've said this before i said this when the graduate transfer rule went into effect and i've said it along the way for a couple of transfers that were able to petition a waiver you've you've opened pandora's box and once you've done that it's damn near free agency Mm -hmm. is about where we're at i mean you know for, for Fields to get a waiver, for Tate Martell uh, to get a waiver down at Miami. I mean, it's just, it's asinine. I think it's ridiculous. Now, I don't have anything against those players, and it's perfectly fine that they were able to, but the NCAA is literally opening Pandora's box as we speak. I'm really interested to see what they do with Bru McCoy. Um, oddly enough, you're, to answer your question, uh, a few years back, there was a... Uh, defensive lineman out of utah his name was wayne kirby no real impact at oregon the the diehards that i'm that we're talking to will probably remember the name and and others won't he left and transferred to byu when less than i don't know it's three months four months after he was at byu he tried to come back to oregon wow yeah and they didn't take him (laughs) so i have seen the scenario before somewhat before it didn't actually unfold all the way and it wasn't a it wasn't a very public thing that people but i mean i can tell you firsthand as wayne kirby was messaging me directly about coming back to oregon he attempted to come back to oregon once after he had left and gone to byu and i don't think i don't remember what anyways i i haven't seen his name surface he he's probably still eligible for Maybe a year now. I'd have to look up. I don't know. He might have another year. I don't even, I don't even know if he's still playing. I have no idea. But, yeah, so to answer. Yeah. Now, Brew McCoy, obviously, uh, totally different. That's a, a high-profile, you know, five-star, top-rated recruit. Um, you know, read something on Twitter today that said, you know, Coach Herman and his receivers coach and his quarterback, Ellinger, and all these guys are going to fly out to L.A. today to try to convince him to come back. Uh, or something of, of like that. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's fun that we're, and I say we're, I mean, like basically every other fan that isn't a Texas or USC fan is just sitting here watching the drama, eating
0: popcorn, yeah. sipping bourbon, just yeah. wondering what the hell yeah. happened here. Like, if you got to send an entire flight crew full of everybody in your program to pitch this kid, to me, that's that's too late,
1: right? Well, you shouldn't I, have to do that. I, I, I. This was my response on Twitter to it was, you know, once the ex-girlfriend's made up her mind that she's gone, good luck. Right. She gone. Yeah. You gotta. You yeah. just got to, you know, <laughs> delete
0: the phone number. Move on. Right. I yeah. love that analogy. Yeah. I said it this way on my radio show yesterday. I don't blame the kid. I blame the handlers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think there's got to be somebody in there in his head telling him either somebody that never wanted him to leave. Right. Or somebody that wanted him to leave but promised him something that
1: texas wouldn't give right there's no question in my mind there's some dealings going on that will not be made public and that's that's fine that's the nature of this of this beast anymore but um yeah i just i i i think it's ridiculous i think it's flat out ridiculous that you know the the kid commits and signs with usc and and then you know ventures off to texas and somehow gets a waiver for it you know and and then Here we are, what are we, two months later, three months later, wanting to go back to USC, probably apply for a waiver, probably get it. You know, it's just, it's Pandora's box. I mean, if if you're the NCAA, you can't be doing this shit. You literally need to say, look, you're sitting out for your transfer or everybody gets the transfer. Yeah. You can't do it. I mean, it's just you are continuing to uh, diminish the reputation of your brand, of Mm -hmm. the NCAA. I mean, your credibility is just... plummeting so i you know i don't know this brew mccoy thing is weird though yeah hey
0: if usc can get brew mccoy back
1: the ducks should talk to tua yeah they still have a chance still have a chance yeah (laughs) get make it happen at least one year right (laughs) he could retire a duck uh no it's uh and here's the the crazy part though that you know that that uh all of a sudden you're talking about usc with kyle ford and brew mccoy brew mccoy at receiver out wide you know that's pretty filthy not that they need any help at receiver because they don't. I mean they're already loaded. And in that offense. Yeah. yeah. If if
0: the run and shoot, you know, comes to fruition or the air raid, I guess now. Yeah. I'm dating myself. If the air raid really comes to fruition in LA with
1: great whiteouts. Right. Loaded, like yeah. you said. Yeah, loaded. Yeah, you, you the problem for them is going to be which it was last year's offensive line. Their offensive line sucks. Uh unlike organs it's 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 a needs a ton of work and that right now offensive line is one of the biggest limiting factors for usc and for ucla both of those programs are stunted at that position and as brilliant as i know chip kelly is you can only do so much if your quarterback doesn't have time to throw you know to throw the ball or your running back doesn't have a lane to run through it don't matter what play you call; it's not going to happen. Right. So, um, you know, right now, I, you, USC could be successful vertically, but again, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see a school like Oregon or ASU or somebody. I mean, they're gonna line up and just bring pressure, and I don't blame them. Line up and just dial after the quarterback. At some point, you're gonna pop him good enough that that's the end of the ball game for him. Mm-hmm. You know, you just your your quarterback can't survive that.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: two angles that really fascinate me. when you think about USC's line,
0: they're adopting an air raid scheme mm-hmm. And over the development of that offense, I think back to when Mike Leach was at Texas Tech, uh, oh, one sec. Oh I think back to when Mike Leach, uh, Mike Leach was at Texas Tech, um, he was notorious for playing his offensive linemen on islands. They had wider splits, and they were man-blocking scheme all the time, and every other coach in the country went, this is nuts, Right. right? Fast forward to today in Pullman... Mike Leach is notorious for the opposite right his linemen are tight together they got a zone blocking scheme everybody's moving in cohesion all the time and uh and I I really noticed that when I was doing our draft show this year just compiling all the players in that first round and everybody on Washington State is the ideal zone guy right I wonder what sort of line scheme USC is going to adopt and and whether it'll end up with them kind of Putting a square into a round hole.
1: Right, if if they have the personnel for it or not. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the key to USC USC success. But uh, you know, good good news is the Ducks play them. Uh, when is that? That's an October game, if I remember right, going off memory. But yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see. I, that game just doesn't bother. I, so I ranked. I don't know if you read. I ranked the home and away games. Um, you know for Oregon by toughest to hardest you right. know, toughest to easiest excuse me and and uh i just going off memory I think I had USC at like fourth or fifth you know as the fourth fifth you know hardest away game for the the that's away schedule for Oregon that's depressing yeah no kidding out the away schedule for Oregon's pretty tough this year they've got I mean you've got Stanford on the road you've got uh USC on the road obviously you've got Auburn uh you've got Washington up in Seattle I mean you've got some pretty dang tough road games. If they can I mean they've they've got to they've got to get half those games just to remain in the picture, you know, towards the end of the season and that's that's not an easy task. Mm-hmm. I mean it's doable, don't get me wrong, but I mean Oregon just has not played well on the road the last three seasons. Now of course, you know, that's one of the areas that mario Cristobal's trying to improve, much like he improved penalties you know they're trying to impl- improve explosion plays this year I, he he's I, I, much to crystal credit he identifies the areas of weakness and does try to improve them yeah you know, I do I do credit him for that but you know those aren't the types of things that that are fixed overnight unfortunately so I don't know but yeah there's the Rue McCoy situation um and then football you know we got football it's gonna be a while we're, um, how we're, much? we're under 100 days though that's that's amazing. We're at like 95 or 94 or something. I don't remember. But so yeah. you can start counting jersey numbers.
0: Yeah, you can start counting jersey numbers. Yep. That's one of my favorite yep. traditions in media of, of the lazy writer and lazy radio guy that says, oh, we got 94 days. Right. Best 94. Yep. You know, we see it everywhere. Yeah. Every team, every year. Um, I'm floored by how many times you've mentioned Arizona State
1: today. Yeah. I just, it's, I mean... I mean, look at them. Look at what they're doing. I mean, just, you know, I was pleasantly surprised last year by what they did Uh, on the recruiting trail. They are becoming a real force out there. They're never going to be USC. That's just not how it's going to work for ASU. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they're positioning themselves in the conversation. You know, right now it's Oregon. Oregon. And everybody's behind Oregon as far as recruiting. Yeah. There's no question. Stanford's going to do what Stanford does. I don't put them in the equation. They're a different animal.
0: They can't. They're never going to be able to to out-recruit everybody. No. It's David just, Shaw talks about that yeah. in every interview. He says, hey, we can only offer the guys that can actually get, get into in.
1: the school. Right. Yeah, we can't get them in like happens elsewhere. No, uh, I think ASU is caught up to USC at the very least right now in recruiting. UCLA is light years behind everybody. Still, they've tried to adjust a little bit, but it's they had so much work to do. They're not even close. Um, you know, ASU has the opportunity right now, in my opinion, if they can continue doing what they're doing, to build a pretty solid monster out there. Once you, and that's what we talk about with Oregon. It's really hard uh, to push your way through the doorway and get in with the big dogs, but once you do, it's a lot easier to stay in there. Mm-hmm. And and I and ASU is the one right now to me that is, you know, knocking on the door, and they're a class away from maybe being able to have enough t- talent on the field to kind of become that next tier team that, you know, just like Washington did about six years ago with Chris Peterson. You know, that that was a a powerhouse that had been in the room forever, maybe got knocked out of the room, but, you know, not knocked – it almost knocked down the stairs there for a while yeah, they were they were terrible they were knocked down the stairs but they still had the infrastructure from right that tradition right so you know going up the going up the stairs is an easy ascension if you make the right moves and dedication they did they got back in the room they're 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 good at recruiting i think asu can be every bit as good as, as washington can get closer to oregon uh who's the top dog and uh you know again right now who else is there i mean ucla doesn't recruit that well cal recruits okay but they really are picking their spots you know hey you know we're going to get a couple four stars but we're going to make our money the boise state way and go find you know maybe the guys that not everybody's recruiting as hard that work for us you know that's that seems to be what they're doing a lot of and they're doing i mean you know they're doing a good job of that um you know i like that they took alfieri and Philkins from the state of oregon those are a couple state of oregon preps those guys are committed there yeah and those are good solid players are they elite players no but they're good solid make your program better players right whole lot of whole lot of ticked off beaver fans for what it's worth oh i'm sure when those guys signed with cal yeah i mean you know oregon state literally is trying to figure out how to recruit right now for whatever reason you mm-hmm. know i mean just uh, and uh, i don't think it's the recruiting office i don't think it's the coaches that don't know how to recruit it, it starts at the top I mean Jonathan Smith it's just like building the identity of your program You know, we know what the identity of the program is under Mario Cristobal Yeah, we didn't know what it was under Mark Helfrich
0: and, and that's the point. I've talked to both of those guys
1: I can tell you Jonathan's a great guy. Yes. He's no Mario, right? No totally different people correct Yeah, I mean he is closer to Mark Helfrich than he is to Mario Cristobal very much So from from that standpoint yeah. from uh, that standpoint. I
0: never even thought of that. Uh, he is
1: Mark Helfrich. Yes, Absolutely. And, and Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things as that style of coach, if, if that's your style, it's okay. But what you need to identify is what your weaknesses are. If you're that kind of coach, well, your weaknesses are recruiting. You don't like it. You don't really get it and you don't want to do it. Yeah. That's fine. You still got to do it. So go (laughs) hire the people to do it for you and say, Hey guys, get me the horses and I'll win the race, you know, and that's what you do. And You know, I think that was one of Mark Helfrich's downfalls was he didn't like recruiting and he wasn't especially good at it. He was he he was he was good enough at it, but that was considering that he was at Oregon. It's a hell of a lot easy. It's 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 easy to recruit at Oregon. I mean, it is despite what Scott Frost says. It's it (laughs) you know it's a program that sells itself, and he walked into a program that was winning. Mark Helfrich did. You know, Jonathan Smith did not walk into a program that was winning. He's walked into a completely empty cupboard of talent and he and he has and i'm not trying to pick on the beavers there there isn't a beaver fan alive that can sit here and argue to my face that they have a ton of talent uh-huh. they know it yeah. you know and it's okay it is what it is um you know his weakness is recruiting right now and he just needs to turn that over to either his recruiting guys or he needs to hire a uh, a coach that is, you know specializes in recruiting there are a lot of coaches out there that hold a recruiting coordinator title when court dennison came over to Oregon, he held linebacker, outside linebacker coach, and football recruiting coordinator titles, and he didn't carry the recruiting coordinator title at Oregon. But there are a lot of coaches in that nature that know how to do it, know how to run it, and he needs some of those guys on his staff. But, anyways, I don't know how I got onto that. But we, yeah, we
0: were just talking about the whole Pac-12 and and a, ASU. ASU. And yeah. What is ASU? What is
1: Herm? Crazy Herm. What is he doing down there? Why are they getting better? I think he's doing exactly what Mario Cristobal did. He's He is changing the culture. He is changing ASU's culture. He is making his players accountable. You know, they've, they've got a level of performance expected. And, you know, if you're not meeting it, you're going to get passed up by the next guy. And they have no mm. problem doing that. I just, you know, and I don't know if you've ever visited their campus, but I mean, it's, it's freaking ASU, dude. I mean, I've heard. It's,
0: it's one of our one of our local TV guys is an
1: ASU guy. Oh, so yeah, I've talked to him about it. I, I've always felt ASU is a sleeping giant for five or six years. Like, I mean, Todd Graham didn't do all that well because he was a jerk. Yeah. I mean, people didn't want a to play liar. for him. Yeah, he, yeah. Was a liar. he was. Yeah. People didn't want to play for him just because of his personality. Now, I like I know he liked being there and all that, but that's a different story. I think I think Herm Edwards, you know, I don't know. It certainly seems like he's happy there. You know, in Tempe, it seems like maybe he wants to set some roots there. I don't know. Maybe he wants to get back to the NFL. I don't really know. But he's hired a lot of coaches with NFL experience, notwithstanding himself. You know, you bring in Marvin Lewis as an analyst or whatever his role is. Yeah. You know, you've got two NFL, former NFL head coaches now at that school as coach. You got Antonio Pierce down there. He was a hell of a recruiter, you know, played linebacker as a Super Bowl champ. I mean, right you've got dudes that understand what it takes. And I think most importantly, honestly, one of the building blocks of what Mario Cristobal done at Oregon is culture. I think that's exactly what Herm Edwards has done down there.
0: i love to think about recruiting with pitches yeah. of, of the ducks. You fly the kid in, you show them all the Nike swag, you show them the uniforms, you show them Autzen and the facilities, right? Some of the best views to work out in, in the world. And, uh, you know, the weather doesn't hurt either. Right. Right. Um, USC, it's babes and it's great weather, great
1: food, yep. right? Arizona state. To me, it's NFL. It's, it's NFL and it's babes too. A- ASU is always, 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 every year ranked as one of the hottest campuses. And I don't mean that from a temperature standpoint. <laughs> it is that too. But I mean, like you said, you've got sun. There's a lot to do. You, you know, you're down there that, you know, Phoenix is down there. There's, there's a lot. Scottsdale. I mean, there's always something to do if you want to be down there. Right. It's warm. And uh, again, there's the Tempe 12. ASU has got one of the hottest. I mean,
0: and you were digging on Scott Frost earlier. Uh, hypothetical for you. You're a kid from Florida. We'll say, five-star defensive back Justin Hopkins stud corner and all you know is buggy swampy awful Florida with all the crazy people there yeah you visit Nebraska (laughs) and you visit
1: Oregon where are you gonna go yeah no I I I, uh I love the tradition of Nebraska there's no question they've got it you know a tremendous stadium tremendous fan support all those things are top-notch but i've always wondered i don't know how the hell oklahoma recruits as well as they do because it's freaking norman oklahoma it's a dump yeah. yeah you're never paying me to move there right and eugene has its shortcomings don't get me wrong but it's a nice clean little town there's stuff to do i mean you know it's, it's not for everybody yeah. if there's a kid that's worried about you know if there's any good clubs that are out there or you know and i get being 18 years old i get it or Eugene's not for you. Right. And, and, and we've, you know, we've heard kids that have, you know, basically verbalized that there was a, a defensive lineman out of Louisiana that uh, signed, with, signed with LSU over Oregon because there wasn't enough for him to do in Eugene, Oregon. Turns out that kid got in trouble and thrown off the team. But, you know, um, that's just how it works. But I mean, if you're, you know, like, uh, for instance, Oregon hosted um, Nash Hutmaker. Uh, a couple weeks ago, week and a half ago, he's an offensive lineman out of the Midwest. He's, it's a great
0: football name. Oh, it's
1: a great football name. And his dad's—I mean, he's a—he's a—he's a wrestler. I mean, he's a tough kid. You know, Oregon hosted him, took him fishing on his official visit, stuff like that. Those are the kind of kids that be, that will love Eugene, Oregon. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. just you know, absolutely. You know, just, you can go hiking, you can go fishing, you can hit the beach in an hour. I mean, all that's there. So I, I again. I've been to Lincoln, Nebraska. I've been to South Dakota. Um, you know, I, I haven't been to Norman, Oklahoma, but I also have no desire to go to Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma. I, it, you know, to me, there's a lot of great, you know, I don't I don't know how Mike Leach recruits the Pullman. I mean, you know, that, yeah. that's a hell of a sell job too for a kid out of SoCal. But I mean, if that's your best offer, it's, I mean, if you're an offensive player, I totally see it Yeah, just from that standpoint.
0: Well, I, I, I think Mike Leach... My guess for Mike Leach is personality Yeah. of you sign a Gardner Minshew, you right. sign somebody that's not the conventional guy, kind of got a couple wires missing yeah. in a good way because that's Mike Leach.
1: Yeah. Right? Crazy right. loves crazy. He generally doesn't recruit guys that Oregon and Washington Stanford or USC are recruiting because he won't get them. Mm-hmm. He, he drops down to that next. He's usually fighting Cal or Utah, you know, for – Uh, for recruits and but that's okay identifying where you fall in is is a valuable tool Mm -hmm. you know going out and over recruiting where you're at is dangerous for a coach because then you're going for backups at the end of the cycle and you're you're in trouble yeah so and it's worked well for Mike Leach he's picked up some really good talent along the way some really good players that honestly uh Oregon would have liked to have had in the the past few years Mm -hmm. so yeah but, yeah, ASU, I think, is doing a really good job. I think that is the next team to come up on the rise. And uh, overall, I think it's a good thing. I, right, right now, the Pac-12 has a, a branding issue. And the only way that gets better is by making more of the Pac-12 teams better, in my opinion. Totally. And it really hurts them that your biggest media market teams suck, USC and UCLA. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, those those two teams used to find their way you know, on TV every week, one of them would be on, you know, you'd have the the Rose Bowl, you'd have, you'd have the, you know, you'd have USC versus UCLA, uh, you know, the battle for LA would always be on NBC or something. And uh, nobody wants to televise their games. No. they're. Te- I mean, U- USC gets home when they play Notre Dame and that's about it. Or Oregon.
0: I'm with you. I grew up with Keith Jackson in the, in the Rose Bowl or in the LA Coliseum and he's calling UCLA USC.
1: Yeah. Yep. Don't see it anymore. No. No. And that's that's a that's a huge branding problem for the Pac-12 alone. Your biggest me I mean we see the the me- the media saturation for the NBA is a big focus. You know, there's always been a lot of talk about the bigger media market teams in the NBA get favoritism, and they probably do. Yeah. Um thus the curse of the Blazers. But Back to back to football Pac-12 specifically, you know, your biggest media market is L.A. First and foremost, your second biggest is probably Seattle, um, you know, up there. Mm -hmm. Pretty, pretty close with, uh, you know, Phoenix. The Phoenix area is another big. If those teams aren't playing well and on TV regularly, you that hurts your conference. And right Right. now, I mean, right. right,
0: Like you're not going to win the Bay Area every week because in the fall you got Giants baseball.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not got Giants baseball and two NFL teams. Not yeah, not to mention nobody goes to your damn football games if you're Cal or Stanford, which Stanford gets a little more, but Cal just never gets anybody. Well they're too busy racing yachts. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. That, that's that's true. <laughs> in in Berkeley.
0: Yeah. One one's racing yachts and the other one's uh, out at a protest. They yeah. couldn't make it. Yeah. But yeah, I just it's it's a weird world to the Pac twelve right now. Like yes. you mentioned. And, and we're we're homers, obviously. This is a Ducks podcast. The Ducks are miles ahead of everybody else.
1: Oh, yeah. No question. No question. And the problem is they're not a major media market. I mean, they get a lot of cover from the Portland market, but still, that's not, in the scheme of things, that's not a big market. Teeny tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just not a big... So, uh, you know, it's great for Oregon to be as successful as they are, but it's also, uh, again, the, the Pac-12, just, it needs... You know, I'm tired of seeing these recruits go to other schools, you know, outside of the, you know, the, all they talk about is the SEC. And, you know, you've got top players in the mm. Pac-12 that have a top five and four out of the five schools are SEC schools, you know, or, you know, five out of the six or whatever the case might be. And that and more times than not, the one that's in there is Oregon, you know, is usually the one from the Pac-12 bringing it in. So right, the rest of these guys need to get their shit together.
0: I'll say one last thing, and then you've got the floor for the rest of the pod Every time these kids are thinking about, I want to go to Arkansas, or I want to go yeah. to Oklahoma, or I want to go to Nebraska, yes. just get in the car with Kelly Graves, drive on Highway 20, yeah. look at the mountains, Right. and uh, I think Oregon's
1: going to win that or, or come out and let Mario take you on a fishing trip. Right. Because, uh, you know, from what I understand, Nash Huttmacher on his on his fishing trip caught like 30-plus trout.
0: So oh my God. yeah, and
1: the, yeah, he, he had a heck of a heck of a heck of a trip. A lot of fun. So did Mario rigged that, or I, I you
0: know, or the kids just that good?
1: I, you know, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was like one of the old fishing shows on TV. He's, or, he's slipping somebody
0: a hundred uh, in the background. Every
1: every cast is oh, we got another one. Yep, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's down there with a snorkel, just letting fish go as soon as the lure hits the water, trying uh, not to get hit. Yeah, try not to get get caught themselves. <laughs> no, I think you know, uh, I knew, we. You know, I, people don't notice. We we thought we were going to have a guest on today. It didn't work out, and that's what happens. Uh-huh. That's okay. So it was you and me kind of rambling with a game plan here, and, and, you know, baseball was a hot topic, no doubt, and we got some football, and I know maybe it wasn't the podcast you were hoping for if there was a bunch of scoop or something you wanted, me, wanted us to cover, which we didn't get to, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to Mexico next week, so clearly that's on my mind. I got a scoop for you. Yeah.
0: This is the first time I think ever –
1: We've it's
0: almost been a year since we started doing this. First time ever, you're not wearing any ducks gear.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. I'm just rolling today. It was a me race out of the door sort of a day. Um, you know, I'm still I don't know about you, I'm not hung over, but I'm I am lagged over from the this Memorial Day weekend. You know, that was a I'm tired. I spent all weekend at a soccer field. My kids had eight games. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. their timber tournament. So I had two kids and on two teams and each of them played four games. So I didn't get anything done this weekend except watch soccer, which is great. Love to be around the family and do all that. But um, yeah, it was finally yesterday. I was like, go back to school. I got stuff to do. So I, I guess I
0: lied. You, you just gave me a couple ideas to wrap up on. Oh, okay. One is I want to thank everybody for, for listening yeah. and, and especially the people that like I read all the comments whenever you post this on mm-hmm. Scoop Duck. I read the comments. I, I get the feedback for everybody on um, podcast sources, right? We're right. adding stuff. We're getting to stuff. And, and if you can't find us where you want to find us, let us know. Yeah. Because um, we, we try to improve that, and we appreciate you letting us know. And then the other thing is, uh, yeah, Memorial Day. Yeah, I asked this to one of my guests yesterday. I'll bounce it off of you. Everybody's got a Memorial Day story in their family. What's yours? You
1: mean from this weekend,
0: or just yeah. like like? Who do you think about when you celebrate Memorial Day?
1: Oh, uh, you know, I, ironically enough, I don't have much uh, military background in my family at all. So my uncle did go in the navy, uh, did serve in the navy. Excuse me. And it was a long time ago, Um, but he did uh, a couple of tours out on the big, the big, huge carriers, you know, and so there was one summer, gosh, I had to be like ten, nine or 10. There was one summer where me and my grandpa uh, flew to Hawaii and jumped on the carrier with him. Uh, It was a family thing. And came back at where we I think we came we came back back to San Francisco or something I can't remember where we ended up but you know we hopped on and we were on the carrier for like a week four or five days or whatever wow and, and uh you know uh it, it was a, it was a really cool thing it was just kind of something and you know so they were they were the the planes were taken off and the helicopters and stuff so I was mm. 10 or whatever so that was really cool to be able to just kind of see that and experience that um they had this one particular gun on there that was like round or something i don't remember if they called it like the sea whiz or something i don't know that thing could shoot off a gazillion rounds in a second (laughs) and they they fired it off a couple times for the for us to see like it was just a cool experience that i i remember that that is my most military related experience but you know i know much like yourself you know utmost respect for everybody that serves you know try and I try and, you know, buy a drink for somebody I see in the bar that's got a, you know, a veteran cap on or something anytime I can just because I, I, I have nothing but appreciation for those folks for allowing me to go watch my kids play soccer all weekend or, you know, whatever the case might be. It's just it's it's. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a lot of military background, unfortunately, but. Again, nothing but respect for those folks.
0: Hey, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't like firing a gun. Never served. Yeah. Got a lot of family that did. And uh, just thankful that, that everybody, you know, does what they can and, um, and and sacrifices for our country.
1: Yeah, they're much tougher than me because I, you know, being, is you know, serving in tours and some of these things that the that the, that the men and women do just incredibly, incredibly brave and incredibly selfless. It's just, I mean, it blows my mind. So, I mean, we are... Fortunate to live here, no doubt. All right, so that's this week. That's Next this week. week, no pod. No pod. Wrap up. One, we, w- we would have to speak in Spanish the whole pod. I can't. I, you could do that. I no. can't do so that. So it would be. It would be really awkward. Yeah. Well, be
0: a- my fiance <laughs> makes fun of me because she's Mexican. Makes fun of me for this
1: all the time. All I know is food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, it'd be, it'd be all, most of our readers, listeners would just be like, I heard football. It was all I heard. You want to ask me yeah. about
0: like paletas. Yeah. I can, I can talk ice cream. Yeah. You want to ask me about food. I can do that. And that's all I can do. Have so, you, uh, have,
1: have you been to La Luna yet down at, by Harry and David? No. Yeah. It's new. It's open. That's where we ate on Monday after uh soccer was done. Okay. Awesome Mexican food. Off to try La that. Luna. Yeah, no, it's one of the, one of the guys who used to, uh, own several of the sea floors. floors. Oh, it is not okay. no so there was two owners yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah but it was it was it was the other one that okay. didn't get in trouble that's <laughs> yeah. my wheelhouse then <laughs> yeah no but his food's awesome cuz they so, were good people yeah no they were yeah all so, right but okay. yeah so you guys take the week off next week we're going to take the week off next week and uh I'll I'll uh, I'll be back from my siesta and we'll do it again I can do this now